We're in a series called Grow, and it's on 1 Timothy, and it's actually the letter that Paul wrote to a you know, young person named Timothy who was in charge of a church in Ephesus. And the interesting thing is that Paul was writing to him, and I was researching a little bit. Timothy was about 34 or 35 years old when he got these letters from Paul. Paul was around 65, 60-ish. Um, so it's so cool, you know, to see the, the way um, an older generation can empower, you know, somewhat the, the younger than generation and what the church looks like when you're instructed, you know. So we've been learning about all kinds of instructions and teachings on how to grow, how to live as Christians, how to live the Christian life. And today we're going to dive in a little more into something I like to call preachers and teachers. Uh, but before we do, why don't you join me for prayer? Sound good? All right. Uh, you want to close your eyes? That's good. Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you so much for the ways you speak to us and for creating us with senses, with brains, with capacity to grow, to understand, to learn. And I pray that today we use all of who we are, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and that as we read your word, that we can understand, but we can also um, let it produce good fruits in us. Thank you so much for this congregation. Thank you so much for this family and for the love that we have for one another and the ways we are seeing you move through us in our communities. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so... I thought I would do something a little different this morning because typically we have, um, we have the, the Bible or the, the verses on the screen. So today, intentionally, we're not going to have that because I want for us to look into the Word like in front of us on our hands. Whether it's you know, written or digital form, you can use your phones. I'm going to use my phone uh, to go into the Word but, or if you have a Bible, you know, we're going to open up our Bibles. If you don't, I have a few, like, brand new Bibles. And so if you don't, just maybe raise your hand if you want one. And Rick's going to be, you know, able to pass them on to you. If you do, that's great. And you don't need one then. So why don't we go to First um, Timothy chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 13, 1 Timothy, that's a letter in the New Testament. You guys are familiar with the New Testament, right? Okay, so good. I'll give you 30 seconds to, to find it. And I'm going to be reading different versions, so don't really mind, you know, if there's little words and phrases that are a little different from, from the other. All right, so 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, and it says like this, Until I come, this is Paul writing to Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. That's it. Um, so like I said, I would like to title today's message, Preaching, uh, Preachers and Teachers. So I was reading this, and I, I think the... 
the first paragraph, the first phrase, is actually super simple to understand, you know. Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. It's kind of like what we're doing now. This is a public forum, and we're reading Scripture together. So he's saying, keep doing that. That's good. But then he says, and devote yourself to preaching and to teaching. So I wanted to, for us to, to be taught what the difference is, because I think for a lot of us, preaching and teaching actually sounds kind of like the same thing, right? We come here and uh, the pastor teaches, or is the pastor preaching? So what is the difference between preaching and teaching? You can proclaim knowledge and not necessarily truth, but first, what is the difference? So I thought I'd use a little clip to teach you what preaching is, and it's super, super quick. Press F7. <laughs> you guys like the music? No? Just lower it on the, on the board. See? Now I'm teaching them how to use the soundboard from here. So cool. Um, well, that's Shrek. And they're, the, the guy's coming to do an announcement. And they use... They use the guy with the trumpets, and he comes, and he rolls out a scroll, and he's about to tell, you know, Shrek and Fiona you know, what the, the decree from the king is, right? So this is the picture of what preaching looks like. Preaching is the proclamation of, or the announcement of some, something that's going on, the news, right? Um, so tell the person next to you, Look at them in the eye and say, I am a herald of Christ. All right. And I'm going to use it for good. All right. I think I heard some of you guys saying that, so good for you. We preach all the time, don't we? We do this all the time when we open our social media accounts and start announcing things to the world. You know, from the delicious pancakes that we're about to eat on a beautiful, you know, Saturday morning. And it's like golden brown pancakes with syrup on top. And then you have like these bacon strips that are sizzling and so yummy and crunchy. Anybody hungry yet? We're announcing things all the time. You know, I'm about to do this. Um, you know, from mundane things to big events in our lives. We want to make sure everyone knows who are we voting for on the next election, don't we? <laughs> so in communication, and I, you know, I had a major in communication back in Mexico, we always want to know the what, the where, the who, the where, the when, the how, and the why. These are like the basic elements of communication. And if a, a newspaper is a good newspaper or you no know, digital newspaper, they focus on these things because it's what people want to know. And this actually tells us a lot about who we are as humans because like the sociological phenomenon of wanting to know what's happening, right? But here's what happens. If there's a virus going on in Sri Lanka, 
you may not be so concerned, right? Oh, okay, you know, I've heard there's something going on somewhere in the world. But if this virus wants to come to Costa Mesa, does that make it a little more interesting for us? Right? Have you guys heard any news about you know, viruses and things like that going around in our city? Right? We want to know the where, the how, the who, the why. So preaching is that proclamation of news. And in Timothy's case, we know we're talking about the good news of Jesus. So teaching is what happens after the announcement. You preach, you announce what's going on. But then teaching is going into the details. It's, going, it's, it's actually what discipleship looks like. Um, so Paul has been doing in this letter. It's what Paul has been doing in this letter from the beginning. And that's why we call this, this series Grow. Um, and I ponder this question all the time. Why are you here? Why do you come to Palm Harvest on a Sunday morning religiously? Or sporadically, <laughs> some of us. Is it because you want to learn? Is it because you want to be inspired? Is it because you want to know God? Or do you want to hear from God? Why do we come to this place? And why has God placed so much emphasis on the, on the teaching and proclamation of Scripture in public forums? Why doesn't God just open this, this roof over our heads and just say, listen to me, I'm here. He chooses people to proclaim Scripture, right? So maybe you are here just because you want to check out Jesus or it sounds nicer than other religions and you say, I actually prefer Jesus over mysticism or you know, dealing with rocks and energy and the universe and things like that. Or maybe you're a millennial and actually the opposite attracts you, right? And maybe that's why you're not here. <laughs> so I think it's no accident, first of all, that you are here. I think we are here with a purpose. I believe in the why of life. And I believe there's a reason for us to be here in gathering. I don't think it's an accident. And Scripture says who Jesus says he is. And I want to read from Timothy. Now we're going a chapter later. Timothy 5, verses 17 and 18. So I'll go on your Bible. If you had it there, I should have said, you know, kind of like put the finger there and don't remove it because we were going to be there for a little bit. Um, but just go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and then we're going to go to verses um, 17 and 18. And it's, we're in the same vein of Paul you know, teaching and giving directions to Timothy, right? So it says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For Scripture says, Do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Let me read it again. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. 
For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. So there's a you know, small, really cool teaching element right here that these two quotes, uh, the ox, you know, do not muzzle an ox, it actually comes from Deuteronomy, which is in the Old Testament or Hebrew scripture. But the worker deserves his wages comes from Luke 10.7, and it's actually Jesus' words. So it's the New Testament. So how cool it is that as, as Paul is, is teaching Timothy, he's using elements from Hebrew Scripture and elements from Jesus to teach him, right? But what, do the, what does this mean? What does, you know, don't muscle and ox uh, mean and the worker deserves his wages? I mean, it's pretty kind of self-explanatory, but we're into preaching and teaching, so why don't we dive a little deeper into that, right? Uh, why do they deserve double honor? I mean, is teaching and preaching a better job than laying bricks or building a house or you know, being in politics or you know, what have you, whatever, whatever you guys do for a job? Is this job more important than that, or why does it deserve double honor? Well, I believe that we live in a world of words, and words matter. And actually, last week, we were learning from Mike that our words become action, and they mentor people, right? The way we use our words, we're mentoring people. So if I teach something to you, you might say, oh, that's helpful, but if I preach to you, you might say, amen, or wow, or, oh, I'm getting it. If I teach you, you might say, that makes sense. You receive instructions. But if I preach, then I tell you something like, God cares for the homeless. God cares for the poor. God cares for the immigrant. How about those widows in the church. This is Paul writing to Timothy about widows in the church. Or how to serve the homeless in your city. See, that's the preaching element, but how do you put the teaching element into action? Well, if I teach you, then we talk about the how we are going to care for the homeless, how we are going to care for the immigrant, how we are going to care for the poor. The details, that's the teaching component. So, how are we going to utilize the resources in a way that produces the best results and catalyzes impact? So, by the way, I just want to say, you know, in the, in the vein of uh, homelessness and, and our city and teaching and equipping, we are going to have the men's breakfast on March 7th, and we're going to have an announcement later, but I'm excited because John Began is, is one of the, the persons in charge of the... Uh, are you guys familiar with Trellis? If not, well, Trellis is a nonprofit organization in the city of Costa Mesa that is bringing people together, uh, churches, businesses together to tackle the city's biggest challenges. And we know some of those challenges, I mean, they're so evident, right? So one of those challenges is homelessness. And John Begin is one of the persons that um, works with the initiative on homelessness. And he's going to be here for our men's breakfast going to be teaching, maybe preaching to us what it looks like to actually come together and help and be the church in a situation like that. So that's a little, you know, 
announcement or even preaching about um, men's breakfast. Sign up on the website. Go to pomharvest.com. Uh, so why do preachers and teachers deserve that double honor, right? That's where we were. Can I give you an example of preaching and teaching in another place in the Bible? That's so cool. I love it. Are you guys familiar with the story of Philip and the Ethiopian? Maybe raise your hand. All right. Some of you are. Because uh, no, I have a lot to say. I'm going to try to uh, summarize the story. Basically, times of Jesus. Um, Jesus leaves. The disciples are doing their thing. They're preaching and teaching everywhere. And then uh, one of these disciples is Philip. And Philip here's a message from the Spirit that says, go to the road, uh, you know, the road or whatever. He goes to the road, uh, and then there's this guy who's from Ethiopia, who's a eunuch, and he's actually coming from worship in Jerusalem. And then he's on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, and as he's on the, ro on the, on the way back from worshiping, uh, he encounters Philip. And Philip gets like on the carriage on the side, and he listens that this guy is reading Isaiah. So, I mean, what a picture of how God works even outside. You know, God is always working, and he's even working outside of the realms of what, you know, our context of Christianity. He's, he's working with an Ethiopian, right, who's come to worship in Jerusalem. So, he sends Philip to this guy. Philip hears that this guy is reading Isaiah, and then he asks the guy a question, and he says, do you understand what you're reading? And he's like, how could I understand if nobody tells me, well, nobody explains to me what this is? So the teaching component, right, he wants to be taught what this means. He already went and worshipped, maybe even without knowing, and now he wants to know what, what he's reading, and then... Philip goes on and preaches to him the good news of Jesus. Imagine the impact that this preaching and teaching had in the world because this guy was from Ethiopia and he was actually the treasurer of the queen. Goes back home, tells everyone what he's learning, changes the world. That is why it deserves double honor. Because preaching and teaching is transformative. It changes lives. It changes outcomes. It changes perspectives. And there's no other news that is good news like the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want us to go and read Romans um, chapter 10. We're going to read verses 14 through 17. And this is just so cool. It's Paul again writing, but now he's writing to the Romans. I hear pages flipping. That's why I'm giving you some, some seconds. And I love this, you know, because I, I think we come here to dig into the Word, and I want to have even that, that space to flip pages. That's good. Okay, so Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17. And I'm reading the MSG. 
just so you know. Um, but how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why scripture proclaims, exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. But not everybody is ready for this. Ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked what we all ask at what time or another. Does anyone care, God? Is anyone listening and believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. So tell the person next to you, I have a herald inside of me. And I'm going to use it for good. Right? Harold is a proclaimer. <laughs> um, so in First Timothy, Paul has been telling um, Timothy, you know, all these these things about false teachers, instructions on how to lead the church, um, and he actually says some have fallen away from the faith already. Yeah, yeah, this is where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I follow this account on Instagram. I don't know if you guys have, no. you guys know Instagram, right? It's like this, this uh, social media where you post pictures. And there's this account on Instagram that's called Preachers and Sneakers. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not a good idea. It's super simple. It's like a famous preacher because now we have famous preachers. And it's a picture of the famous preacher preaching or teaching, and he's wearing sneakers. So for those of you that don't know sneakers, it's actually um, a shoe, like, like a sports shoe. <laughs> it's not a chocolate. I was thinking of sneakers. Um, but <laughs> so they're wearing shoes, and there's a picture of the guy preaching with the shoes, and it's like, okay, so why does that matter? Well... Some of these shoes happened to be like super expensive, and the guy started posting the picture, and then he added the, the, how much the shoe cost, you know, and they're in like the thousands of dollars. So now it's like, okay, why are these guys wearing such expensive shoes? Like they're teaching the word, but they're wearing like these, you know, Jordans and whatnot. And it causes, as you could imagine, all kinds of conversation and confrontation. And are these false teachers? Are they preaching the word? How are they living no, their lives like that? Super interesting conversations. Um, and some of these guys are really, really, really good teachers. You know, I listen to them you know, quite often. I'm like, wow, these guys are amazing. These guys are good. Um, but are they false teachers because they wear sneakers? <laughs> expensive sneakers. Well, that's exactly where the teaching component comes in, right? That's the how. That's the why. So what rules are these preachers subjected to and accountable in their congregations, right? 
Perhaps the congregants or the congregant, congregants, perhaps they actually like to give their tithes and they actually like to give their money and, and say, oh, my pastor wears nice shoes, right? Maybe they like that. Um, it does sound a little sneaky, I'll tell you, right? But <laughs> is it their fault? Or is it maybe that we as a society are placing so much value in who we follow and how many likes they have? And maybe we have even elevated some pastors to celebrity status, right? But it's, it's actually us doing it as society. They, they have so many followers, that's somebody worth of my following, right? And actually... Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15, you will know them by their shoes. Oh, no, didn't say that. It says, you will know them by their fruits, right? Yeah. So a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. And I actually love the controversy of this, you know, this whole preachers and sneakers conversation. Um, because it's digging deeper into, okay, let's be accountable, right? Are, are they going to wear those expensive shoes? If so, well, let's make sure we know why, right? If they're, you know, they're accountable to our team, well, the team needs to be accountable to them and hold them accountable and say, why is this happening? Um, but is wearing expensive shoes revealing of the condition of a preacher's heart? Possibly but not necessarily. Remember when Jesus received an expensive gift from a woman who poured out expensive perfume and all the disciples were enraged. Why is she like pouring that expensive perfume into Jesus? We could have used that money. We could have used that perfume and sold it and we could have used the money to give to the poor. And Jesus actually rebukes the disciples and says, what she's doing, she's actually worshiping me. She's offering everything she has, right? Now, this is Jesus. This is not a preacher with sneaker, right? <laughs> um, I got a little lost on which one I was. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But teaching is working out those details, right? Don't muscle an ox, and a worker deserves his wages. Let the animal eat. That's what it means. The animal is doing some work for you. He's working on the field. He's tired. He wants to eat. What Scripture is saying, let him eat. Now, later on, he says the worker deserves his wages. So what does that mean in our day and age? In context, well, I'll tell you one story real quick. I was working, um, doing some tile work for a friend here in Newport Beach, and she's from Italy, so, you know, Italians are like, we got to have coffee at noon, and it's like this tiny cup, like super small. It's not, I, I wouldn't even call it coffee. It's so small. Um, but I'm working up there with my, my brother-in-law, in the bathroom, we're like setting tile, working away. And then she comes up and it's like, hey, guys, you want to take a break? A coffee break? That sounds good. All right, let's come down. So we come down. 
She brings out like this little coffee cup. Like, okay, I'm done. Right? <laughs> and then we kind of like talk for about you know, five minutes or so about whatever, you know, construction materials and how nice it's looking and all these things. And then we're kind of like looking at our faces and my brother-in-law is here. Okay, get back to work, guys. <laughs> she starts screaming at us. Why? Because you know, we had a little break, but it all comes down to expectations, right? To clarify, to go to the details. Okay, let's take a five-minute break, sip on that little coffee, but then get back to work right away. Because you know, I'm Italian and I want to see you working. Or maybe it could have been, hey, we're going to sit down for 30 minutes and we're going to have coffee and then get back to work, right? But the details are there. That's the teaching component. Um, so the invitation that we see here in Timothy is to work the details out. Don't assume things. Mike tells us all the time, you know, people want to know what the expectations are. And this is the whole deal about... Um, Grow in First Timothy, the expectations of a leader, the expectations of a follower of Jesus. I hope one day, you know, I can drive my cyber truck, and hopefully that's, you know, nobody says, oh, okay, that guy's greedy and proud, right? But wages not only mean money. Wages could mean about enjoying life. We know Pastor Mike and um, Robin are going to go on a motor trip this summer. So they're going to take a little break. They're going to go enjoy life, do something they, they're passionate about, riding a motorcycle, avoiding bears on the road and things like that. Um, he's enjoying his work, no? He's, it's something he's going to do to refresh his soul, to invest in his marriage, maybe you know, see sights that he hasn't seen before. And then come back refreshed and maybe, you know, be a better preacher and teacher, <laughs> right? But it's character revealing of the condition of a preacher's heart. Okay. Absolutely. Character. So that's the invitation in this letter to Timothy. And a good teacher helps to explain, helps to discern character and fruits in themselves and in others, right? By their fruits, you will know them. A good preacher inspires people to trust and dig into the alive Word of God and invites to ask the right questions so we can be taught the right answers. And I want to end with this. Uh, when we read this verse, we read this verse, it was written in um, NIV translation, but I actually love the Good News translation. So I don't know which one you were reading, but I'm going to read it again because uh, it sounds more like good news. All right, so I'm going back to 1 Timothy 5.17, but now I'm in the Good News translation. And it says, The elders who do good work as leaders should be considered worthy of re receiving double pay. <laughs> Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. So, I've been thinking this would be like the ideal moment to ask for a raise. <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> now we're preaching. 
so I can buy some sneakers. <laughs> because I want to be a preacher and teacher with sneakers. Uh, all jokes aside, are you preaching truth? It's not just for us to live it out, right? Everyone is preaching all the time. When you go to your tweets and your Facebooks and your Instagrams, what are you preaching about? Are you tweeting Jesus? We live in a world of words, and Paul's invitation to Timothy is, we need preachers and teachers who proclaim truth. And the truth is Jesus. The truth sets you free. The truth is the requirement to worship God. He is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. The right heart, the right attitude comes when the truth of God's word becomes the revealing truth of ourselves. When we are generous by attitude and not just by deeds. The truth makes the difference between just being sorry and asking forgiveness for our wrongdoings. That's what we hope a good preacher and teacher can preach and teach. That's what God hopes for us to do, to grow. And as we take baby steps into what the first, the 21st century is going to look like, you know, we're in 2020, and I think we barely notice that we're in a brand new century. I think, you know, from, from 2000 to 2020, it was like, Oh, it, it still felt like the 90s, you know, 1990s. But now it's hitting us. It's like, we're in 2020. We're in the 21st century, right? There's going to be electric cars and flying cars and drones and all these things in 20 years from now. AI is going to take over in the machines and Terminator, right? And I think as a society, we, we have become so tired of living for our own truths, for our own agendas. Society is tired of propaganda, of manipulation. But the thing is that society is us. We are society. And we are tired of lies and fake anything. We are thirsty as a society for truth to be proclaimed and taught to us. It's a human need. It's a soul craving. So let me teach you something about solid preaching. You guys ready? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No other name comes to the Father except through me. That's preaching. Now, what does that exactly mean? Well... We can be taught and equipped and learn and be disciple into what that means. So what are you proclaiming when you go to your Facebook and Instagrams or in those family gatherings or with your coworkers or at school? When people look at your life, will they recognize you for your kingdom fruits? When people look at our lives, what will they see? What announcement are we proclaiming with the way we live our lives? Are we announcing the good news? Or are we announcing 
material things, mundane things, which are okay. But we are called to live lives that are good preachers and teachers. Why don't we stand up? I'm going to invite for, for the band to come up. And we want to create a space where we can, we can let the word of God sink in into our hearts and our souls, our minds. And for us to have a time where we can actually respond to what we've been hearing, what we've been taught, maybe to think ways in which this is going to become a reality through the way we live it, through the way we proclaim it with our actions and our words. we thank you so much for your word your truth for having people that that spend time writing a letter to a younger pastor and teaching him how to be a good preacher how to be a good teacher and how that preaching and teaching impacted so much that 2020 years later we can have a place where we can find truth. We can find a place where we can proclaim what your truth is. Lord, our prayer is that the truth of who you are becomes reality in the way we live our lives. That we can be vessels of truth and goodness kindness of the goodness that you offer to us I pray that this morning we can respond to you in your name we pray Amen